When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, this is Phil Town, and this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast, where we talk about how to really invest. I mean, according at least to the best investors in the world, the ones that have made the most money over the most time, over ninety years, in a tradition started by Ben Graham and then followed by Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger. And the thing is, that's not how everybody does it. How we teach it. <laughs> Ain't how everybody does it. And there are some guys out there right now who have made millions of dollars in just a matter of a few days. Um, And we want to talk about that. Everybody's talking about it. So we have to talk about it because it's the biggest thing happening right now in the markets. And so many people don't really get what's happening. So I think we should talk about kind of the basics of what's been going on with, uh, with GameStop and BlackBerry and... AMC and the internet. Um, because as you said, a lot, what we talk about here is kind of how to like get rich slow, I guess. And <laughs> get rich slow. What these guys discovered maybe is a way once in a lifetime to get rich quick. It's fascinating. It's I mean, fascinating. This is so I'm obsessed. I am like literally obsessed from Maybe a week ago when a friend texted me and said, what do you think about all this Reddit stuff? And I was like, oh, you know, it's just a a fad online. Like, it doesn't really mean anything. I completely didn't get it. And then another friend texted me asking about it. And I was like, she was like, what's shorting? So I explained what shorting was because she just couldn't follow what was happening. There's just so many little and I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's going to go away. (laughs) It didn't go away. <laughs> no, it didn't go away. Completely wrong. Completely missed it. No clue. <laughs> so, um, Dad, do you want to describe what's been happening? Well, it, I think I I can describe it maybe by just paraphrasing a video that came up online where okay. this lady, she's in her 20s, sitting in her car, decides to explain this. And I think it's a joke. I think she actually is knows what's going on. But she basically said, well, there's these big guys and they have hedges, I guess, at their house. And they they find a company that's really bad. And then what they do is try to make it worse. And then these other guys came in who saw that these guys were trying to make it worse and they wanted their hedges so they bought a lot of stock and just went buy, buy, buy. And the guys who had the hedges lost and they had to give their hedges to the other guys. That's how she explained it. Okay. So I thought that was pretty coherent, really. I thought that was, you know, you're close. <laughs> She's pretty close. I'm just not a fan of these, like, women are idiots I thought it was memes. so cute. I, I mean, she was being very cute. But okay. here's, here's the deal. She's sort of right. There's a bunch of these big, big hedge funds that got very leveraged money. They borrowed money. 
and they shorted. That means they borrowed the stock of the company from the broker and sold it and had the broker hold the money. And they want to buy it back much cheaper. And they did that because GameStop is a company that just has less and less reason to exist as we go more and more online. And they just think it's going to go away and they would make a lot of money. So that's why they were doing it. Now, what happened was there's this group of investors on on Reddit who got an now, idea. Did you know what Reddit was before last week? Yeah, Reddit's something I have never joined but see quite a lot when I'm searching for something. Okay, good job. It pops up, you know. It does. Pictures of stuff. Yeah. I was looking for cowboy boots. Pretty soon I'm looking at Reddit cowboy boots. Reddit cowboy boots? Yeah, they just... They, you mean they people's opinions about... Yeah. Okay. It's all these boots that show up from Reddit. And then I try to look at them deeper and then they say, you're not a, you're not a member. And then I, then I give up. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm not sure you're talking about the right website, but let's assume you yeah, are. It's Reddit. And, <laughs> and so these group of guys are on this Reddit, basically like a bulletin board and they're talking to each other. Um, and yeah, that's the right way to think about it. It's like a bulletin yeah. board online. And there are really a lot of them. And they're interested in investing and have been, I mean, one of the, one of the more interesting parts of it is that they're very aware on, this is what the, what the Wall Street Journal is missing. And I think this is what the SEC is missing. And what Robin is missing is these regulators are out to protect these poor, innocent, naive investors. And certainly there are some out there, but it's not these guys. They're not innocent and they're not naive. They know what they're doing. They are so not naive. They figured out that if we can figure out what companies are overshorted, <clears throat> meaning that the SEC has not properly regulated short positions so mm -hmm. much so that the, the fund managers realize they can borrow stock more than is available to borrow, if you can believe that. And the way that happens is if I borrow the stock from somebody at broker A, and then the broker has to sell it when I borrow it. They sell it. And that means somebody over in some other broker bought it. And now that broker has that stock to lend, mm -hmm. even though it's already been lent once. And that little daisy chain of synthetic lending has created a situation where at least 140% of the GameStop stock was short, which is impossible. You can't short more stock than there is, but they did it. They did and, it, yeah. Okay, so these so-called so naive kind of, investors... There's, there's two sides here. There's the the side of institutional funds, which have right. done what you described. They've shorted right. shares of this particular company, GameStop, more than there are even shares that exist on the right. market. So that happened... On its own, they had no relationship to what's happening on the internet right now. That happened before this. Before this. Then this particular guy and a couple of guys on this Reddit message board, which is called Wall Street Bets, if you want to look it up, if you haven't already, um, figured this out. And this guy who there's articles now about him in the Wall Street Journal, his name is out there. I can't remember what it is, but you can find him. Um, went by Roaring Kitty on YouTube, did some YouTube videos and posted on Reddit a whole bunch about his discovery of this extremely over leveraged short position that several institutional funds 
had on GameStop. So he's just a smart guy who discovered this. And any, I think this is a really important point. Anyone could have discovered this and made this kind of bet against it. Any fund could have done this. Any institutional player could have done this. It just happened to be an individual person who, his by the way... Is, his name is Keith Gill. Thank you. Actually. And his 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 He's, Wall Street uh, bets tag is, or whatever you call it, is deep effing value. Although yeah, he uses the whole word. The whole world. <laughs> so, and he actually, I think, is a financial advisor for Mass Mutual. So he's not like some... Well, he worked in marketing with Massachusetts. Mutual oh, so he's Life. not a financial advisor. Okay, I'm glad no. that you said that. Um, so he's, you know, the point is anybody could have done this. Any, if they were smart enough to discover it, anybody could have said, hey, that's really ripe for a trade against them because they seem to be heavily over leveraged. And nobody figured out, as far as we know, except for him. So he started telling people about it on the internet in a couple ways. And people started to see, hey, that makes sense. And they started looking at GameStop, which is a store in the US that is like a physical retail store that sells computer games, or I guess they still do. I was going to say they used to, but they still do. And because so many video games are now online and you just buy them over the internet, their business has gone down dramatically and also obviously the fall of retail. So their business has gone down dramatically. And that's why these institutions were shorting them so heavily because they thought that they would go to zero. And the stock was sort of hovering around like, what was it, like $10, $12, maybe even less than that. I think it went way down at one point to like six or so. I think originally it started off at about three. Three is where it was. Really? I didn't know it was that low. So I'm looking at Keith Gill's chart that he put up showing that he made $20 million over the course of a few days. Yeah. And then the next day he put up another chart showing he just lost 15 million of it. Yeah. And that's to the point of these guys, which is so different than I think what, what the institutional and, you know, the establishment people who invest think about small investors. These guys are okay with losing a huge pile of money. They are. They laugh about it. They talk about it. Well, online. yeah. So that's so that's so that's what happened. So he he started talking about it on Wall Street Bets, and the Wall Street Bets community, as you just said, is this like very particular. I find it hilarious. This like sort of vibe of the particular message board, where they're all about like supporting each other and losing money <laughs> they right. post they post losses and laugh about it they uh post memes like you said like crazy about like what losers they are and total idiots and they, like nobody gets it and everyone's stupid and everything they do is completely dumb and so that's of course it's like all a joke right so it's just this vibe of like well who knows what we're doing you know and it's kind of this great like welcoming atmosphere and i think because of that when he posted this very smart idea about a trade that you could make, which I'm making, I'm using the word trade on purpose because we would not describe this as an investment. Right. Um, people started 
following it and saying like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Who knows? Maybe it's totally dumb, but like what we do here is make idiot moves, right? And so everybody started thinking like, well, maybe this company, which has been marked for death by the big guys, might actually pull out of it if somehow we could get these shorts off of them. And then the second part of that is if they had enough money coming into the stock, they would be able to maybe pull off a short squeeze, which is the play that's in play right now. Yes. This is the deal. Yeah. Right. So what they've done is, is they've done, they've like gathered the money essentially by crowdsourcing it, which is what you've all been reading about and hearing about is so many individual people coming in and buying the shares and holding the shares, not selling them as the price has gone from $3 to roughly three fifty. last time uh, I checked. It went, it went as high as I think four fifty or so, maybe 500 something briefly. Okay. Insane. Like, well, insane. you got to understand what a short squeeze is. So yeah. Too. So let's, so tell us what a short squeeze is. So a short squeeze happens when you have borrowed the stock and have to repay it to the broker. And the broker- Which is what these institutional funds have did. done with GameStop. And they did it with borrowed money. So they they did it with more money than they have. And so what happens if the stock price goes up is that the broker needs to be a bit concerned that these guys can get him the stock back because they don't they have to repay the stock and the broker has to be able to give that stock to the person who owns it. It's borrowed. You've got to get it back somehow. And if you don't have the money to get it back, how are you going to get it back? So the real problem that happens with a short position is that if you are in that position, let's say when the stock is at $3 and you short it and you think it's going to go to zero and it goes to 500, you have to buy the stock at 500. Your broker is going to say, give me those stock shares. This is so out of control. I don't trust that you're able to do this trade. Hmm. Hmm. And so the broker starts to pressure the short position and that creates, obviously it doesn't happen, it doesn't even have to wait till 500. It could be at 30 or 40, wherever, wherever is a huge move up creates a problem for the broker who has to have that stock back. And the short person, the person that's short on this has to go get it. And that creates a squeeze as more and more of these short positions need to get their hands on stock, the number of share that's available to buy starts to dwindle. And what these guys did that was so smart is they bought it and they wouldn't sell it back. Yeah. And here come the shorts who have shorted more than than 140% of the stock out there. 60% of the stock that is owned by this company is owned by insiders. They're they're not going to sell anything. And these guys decided they're not selling their part, so there's no stock to buy. And what happens when there's no stock to buy? The price just keeps going up. Yeah. It keeps going up. The squeeze. Because these guys have to buy it. Now, one more thing that really kicked in here is a lot of these, these guys on Reddit were buying options. Mm-hmm. Okay? So an option isn't the shares of stock. They buy the option and they buy it from the market maker who's in charge of making, it was basically appointed to a position of, of a monopoly of sorts where they get to make a little bit of money on each trade in order to make an orderly market. So if nobody is there to sell a call option, the market maker will sell the call option 
and then immediately hedge his position, right? So if he sells the call option, he is now obligated to deliver the stock to this guy at, let's say, $40. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He gets paid for the market maker gets paid 40 and this guy gets stock. He's obligated to do that. Wait, wait, wait. who's this guy? The, the, for the buyer. The Reddit guy. Yeah. Owns the call option and, and has a right to demand that you sell it to him at Got $40. It. Now the stock's at 100 or 200 Yeah, yeah. He could do that any day. He could just say, give me, give me, give me the stock now. Okay? And the, the market maker doesn't have it, so he has to be able to hedge. And so what the market maker does to make sure he doesn't get in that position is he buys the stock, <laughs> which causes it to go up some more. Mm -hmm. And so the more options these guys buy, which is a heavily leveraged bet, that the stock's going to go up. The more stock they buy, the more options they buy, the more the stock goes up because now the market maker has to buy the stock. So now the market maker is squeezing the short positions. Hmm. So hmm. it's coming from everywhere at the shorts mm -hmm. and and they just freaked. I mean, they're they're like, we can't come up with this money. At one point, they one of the hedge funds owed, I think, something like $3.5 billion. And, and, and one hedge fund, I can't remember the name of it right offhand, Started with $12 billion the 1st of January, $12 billion. And now, including the loan that they got for $2.5 billion, they have $8 billion right now. So in other words, they lost half of their fund in less than a month. Just. I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with that either. I'm like, <laughs> actually, see, I'm really stuck, honey, between two sides of this thing. You are? I'm not. So go ahead. All right. So I'm with you on the one side that goes Rebel investors, power to the people, get those guys that have been shorting these companies and producing all this information that says they should go bankrupt. Because yeah. what you don't see is the next stage of these heinous bunch of people is that the next stage is that company does decide to go into Chapter 11 bankruptcy, being driven there by everyone saying you're terrible. The management team gets a, a bid from another one of these hedge funds, these bottom feeders, and says... We'll pay you uh, t while you're in bankruptcy uh, to go to to go basically to go to Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. I mean, I've had this happen to me in an investment, and so the management team, who would be a heinous bunch of bastards to do this, even though the company is still valuable and the owners still have equity, that management team will agree with one of these bottom feeder hedge funds to go into Chapter 11 bankruptcy, they will appeal to the judge with a prepackaged bankruptcy that doesn't allow any dissent. Hmm. And you immediately go in, 45 days later, they emerge with a new company, no debt, no owners except the hedge funds. They wipe out all the shareholders. And it is, those bastards do it on a regular basis, and the, the bankruptcy courts let them do it because the bankruptcy courts assume reasonably that if the management team comes in and says we're bankrupt, they're bankrupt. They have yeah. a fiduciary responsibility. To, yeah. They just assume it's true. And it's not true necessarily. And, oh, man, it's ruthless. And these are the same guys, the same kinds of guys that are shorting these stocks. So I'm rooting for these guys on one hand saying, yeah, man, tear them up. On the other hand, yeah. there's two problems. Okay. Number one is somebody's going to get burned. And it's probably not the hedge funds. That when this price goes to 400, 300, wherever it is right now, 
how long can these traders sustain it? And who's going to be the first of them that say, yeah, I'm going to stay in and they sneakily sell it. That's not who's, a, that's who's not gonna a problem st- with what's going on. That's just a statement about game theory. No, that's a big problem with what's going on because the regulators feel they have a responsibility to keep that from happening to the to the dummies who buy the stock at 400 thinking it's going to 1000 The regulators are very much interested in acting on this to prevent this sort of re- mob rebellion from driving stocks to places where they shouldn't be. So the regulators are well, interested in Well, we have no involved. evidence of that. That's just Yes, yes, we do. I haven't seen any. The Massachusetts head regulator who had already sued Robinhood for its already heinous behavior of working with Citadel and other companies to say that they have zero brokerage fees. And yet they sent the trade to the worst fill, which means that they got they basically got paid to send the trade over to some uh, some company that is is trading it at a price that's not fair to the to the person that's buying and selling. They opened up the spread and took a bunch of money. So they got caught doing that and they had to pay a fine of like $60 million. And uh-huh. the guy that drove that is a Massachusetts security, head of securities in Massachusetts, who went into the Wall Street Journal today and said, this behavior by this mob of people in Reddit must be regulated. We can't no. let them drive these stocks to 500. Yeah, I mean, some people have said that, but I don't really, in my opinion, I don't think we're going to really see actual movement on that. I think, I think it's, we will. it's too popular. And I mean, who knows? Like if, if they all start crying foul at some point, then yeah, maybe. But I hope they won't because I think they're very aware of what they're doing. Um, well, honey, so- they already shut down six or seven different brokerage firms shortly well, that's separate they than, the, trade than, on the, this. than the people buying the stock individually that's a completely different thing but it's it's being created by this wave of buying that drives a stock that's worth let's say let's say gamestop's worth ten dollars i don't know right offhand but ballpark sure. yeah and now it's trading for 500 yeah there's only one place that can go when every when the when the momentum runs out and that's yeah. down well, and so the regulators are concerned that whoever buys it at 500 is an idiot and needs to have regulation to keep that from happening. Well, right? I think those are two different things. I, I, I mean, you don't know how that's going to play out, and I don't know either. So you're saying, like, you don't like this because maybe the regulators might pay attention to it? Maybe? No. Here's the problem, is that there will be a bunch of investors who buy that at 500 and they're going to get smoked. or at that, uh, Wherever the momentum stops, yeah. it's like a game of musical chairs. Definitely. But there's only one chair. There's 15 empty chairs and you're going to go sit in an empty chair and you're yeah. going to get crushed. Yeah. And so th- some these guys who are saying buy and hold, buy and hold, at one point or another, that dam's going to break and they're going to sell and they're going to make millions on the backs of other stupider people who got in later. Definitely. That's just what's going to happen for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So the regulators don't want that to happen. So, okay, they're, they're very interested in that. And then the second thing that happens is... If you're running a public fund and you have some GameStop, if I was long GameStop, for example, mm-hmm. or anybody with a public fund's long GameStop, and this thing goes off, all the red flags go off on that public fund. And boom, the administrator is now having to deal with an anomaly. They're going to have to report to the board about what's going on. 
that fund is going to get investigated as if they were part of this Reddit group to find out if they were and are helping drive this stock. And that whole wave of regulation is already in place from the SEC. I just went over this with our administrator today, and that is exactly what he said would happen if I had happened to buy GameStop. But with all due respect, I'm okay with that. Some institution having somebody look over their shoulder and regulate what they're doing and say, did you have something to do with market manipulation? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, okay. Well, I can see how you're okay with that. Yeah. But if we're talking about whether they're going to regulate this or not and what side we're on, all of the public funds are going to be on the side of, oh, hell yes, you got to get control of this. Because of exactly that thing. They don't want to be in yeah. some regulator's so office explaining something. That's not a good outcome. And I hope it doesn't happen. But I don't think that that's a reason for this to not go forward. I don't think really like saying to a whole bunch of people who are like changing their lives that, hey, watch out because there might be regulation because of this I is know. really going to... Like Move I said, I'm, I'm I'm willing to have you talk me into it. I mean, I'm listening to you right now, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, you know, they can deal with the regulation. It's all right. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Go, like professionals dealing with some oversight doesn't really bother doesn't really me. Bother like you. just show that you're not posting on Reddit. And well, I, I can tell you what our administrators are saying. Our administrators are like, this has got to stop. But so I can I just know that the people who are close to the SEC, who are running 85 percent of the money in the stock market are going to raise holy hell about this and the regulators are going to respond to it. And I think that's a real danger. You're saying they shouldn't. And I, I can see that. I mean, we saw it. We saw it happen last week. We saw that exact, that exact thing happen last week. We saw the regulators starting to say things in public, like this shouldn't be allowed to happen. People are too stupid to know what to do for themselves. Retail investors don't know enough. Right. They are people who are not responsible with their money. Right. And they got so shouted down by everybody on the internet, in mainstream media, and then it made it to government. And we had representatives announcing in public that they thought that that was a bad idea. So I, I mean, it could still shift because oh, it, we it haven't, went. we haven't had the crash yet of this stock and it will definitely happen at some point, like you said. And there will people who lose a lot of money and claim that they should have been protected. And I hope that those people are not listened to because it's made, it's been made very, very clear. If you read anything on Wall Street Bets, it is clear that they are aware of what they're doing and that they take great offense at being told they're too stupid to lose their own money. Right. Great offense. And so do I, by the way, I take great offense at being told I'm too stupid to lose my own money. I can go ahead and lose my own money as a responsible adult just fine. So leave me alone. And I think that's that's how everybody feels. And the idea that, it's it's like they need to be babysat is insulting and there are going to be some people definitely who come out and say like i thought that i was part of a movement and i bought it 450 and somebody should have told me that'll definitely happen okay so you guys there's on, on this on this podcast there are thousands and thousands we've had million i don't know 10 million downloads or something 
you guys have a lot of power and I want you to think this out. We've kind of presented both sides here a little bit. And I, I want to tell you something. I agree with Danielle. Aww. I agree with you completely. I think that the, this, the, the regulators ought to stay away from this and let the little guy do what he does. I think it's time that they start to realize that we have been empowered as little guys by the internet with tools of investing and knowledge and information that never existed before like the year Absolutely. 2000. Absolutely. I mean, this is like they're, they're accusing the little guy right now of not being able, I'll put it like this, 500 years ago, Gutenberg invented a printing press. And up until that point in time, the little guy had no information. And so democracy was impossible. But after the printing press, democracy became possible because the little guy insisted, no, I do know. I do know things. You have been telling me for a thousand years, I don't know anything. I'm a serf. I'm a peasant. I'm a slave. I don't know anything. And now I do know things, and we want our power. And we got it, as in democracies. This is the same movement happening exactly for the same reasons. Financial literacy became possible with the advent of the Internet. And all of a sudden, all the secrets of the, the, the uh, I guess, you know, the priest class, the priesthood of Wall Street, all of those secrets— all the guys Charlie Munger calls shamans and, and witch doctors, yeah. <laughs> all their little secrets are now fully exposed. And, and the little well, guy has- starting to be. We yeah. got as much information as they do. And when it comes to one single stock, I can promise you that if you dug into one stock as deep as, as you wanted to, as you could, you'd know more than most guys on Wall Street know about that company. I mean, they just don't dig into stuff like that. They're mo mostly momentum traders. And one of the classic things that I've got to watch, I haven't seen it yet, is this CNBC video. Have you seen this yet? About Chamath Pritapakaya, I think is his name. I'm oh, butchering his uh, last name. Chamath Palahidra. I'm butchering it too. That's that's not correct. I've got him in but, my notes. Chamath Palahaptia. Yeah, I've watched it like four times. I sent it to you. Okay, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I wrote but about it for my newsletter this week because it like us. blew my mind. Yes. It was so good. Um, it's unfortunately paywalled by CNBC. So if you're a CNBC like pro or something member, which I'm not, you can you watch it. You can't get it on Vimeo? Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that you can, but you know, if you were to maybe search for it, you might <laughs> pull it up. But Whoa, right. I wouldn't know anything about power, that. Power to the people. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Copyrights, you know, are a thing. Power to the so, people. Um, but it's a, yeah, they paywalled it either to hide it or because it was so popular that they wanted to make money off of people joining their service just it. to watch it. Um, but you might be able to find it online if you do a little searching. And it's just, it's just great. He, I mean, he basically is saying exactly what I said a minute ago, except he says it way better. Like these guys are super smart. They're aware of what they're doing. The idea that they would be somehow not as good as somebody who's 
a uh, quote-unquote professional is laughable because they have, as you just said, most of the same information. Maybe not every single bit of information. There might be something that like professionals have that we don't have. But for the most part, I think we have, retail investors have, if you look enough, very, very good information. Honey, if a professional has something we don't have, it's because they've done something illegal. Maybe. I mean, you know, like like in the big short, the guys from Boulder, they're from Boulder, right? Um, the two were, guys who like from, invested in out the of their short, garage. In the big short, they were in Boulder, but they're actually, the actual guys were Berkeley. Oh, Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they go to Brad Pitt and they're like, we need to get this special kind of account because they won't give it to us because we don't run $5 billion. Can you help us get this special kind of account or else we can't buy the CDOs? You know, there's stuff like that, right? Right. But um, but I think for the most part, we have we have good information and decent access. And that's essentially what Shamath was saying. Like, like, just because somebody's not a professional doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. And what the CNBC anchor kept saying was basically, but uh, what about the fundamentals? Like, do you think they've really written a 15 page report on this company? Like, do you think they really understand it? He's just like, and of course I was screaming at the screen, like, they don't, they're not doing this for the fundamentals. This is not a deep investment in which they are like, they might like GameStop, but stop, but they might not. And they're doing it because of this short situation that they found. And it's a pure momentum play. And then they brought on some other guy um who's apparently like a well-known trader i never watched cnbc so i don't know who any of these people are and he said oh i just bought some of this GameStop and sold it pretty quickly and made some good money and donated it to charity and the anchor was like good for you and chamath immediately goes dude you didn't ask him if he wrote a white paper that was 15 pages you didn't ask him if it was a fundamental play you knew that it was a momentum play and because he's a professional it's somehow okay but all these little retail investors investing from their basements aren't allowed to do that so to speak yeah i mean it's just and that's the constant refrain here from the sort of establishment of the investing world is like but what is like, but how could they know? I do not comprehend. And it's just ignorant and annoying. And, um, and it's really old world. And I think it, and I think it, the other part that they really don't understand is the incredible, I would even say, I was going to say pain, but even like PTSD level trauma that so many people still hold from the 2007-2008 crash, from having their houses being taken away, from having their parents have saved up. A lot of these guys were like going into college at that time or in college. Their parents saved up from college, lost all their money. Yeah. Um, There's a whole thread on, on created, Wall Street bets. Like a, about, like a train wreck created by who? <laughs> by the financial industry. Same by the same thing so the other objection to this that i keep reading is these guys are going after the wrong targets they don't even understand who's on the other side of this (laughs) which is again the most patronizing and condescending thing anybody could think because of course they know who's on the other side of it they're the ones who 
who know that they're trying to squeeze the shorts and the shorts are not all of Wall Street. They're kind of like the dark underbelly of Wall Street right. and people don't really like them that much. Right. They know that they're not the guys who created the mortgage crisis in 2008. 2000, right. Well, well right. they might be some of the same guys, right? Because these people move around. But, but they live on the not, same They're street. not the same. Yeah, but th- that's exactly right. It's not because it's like the perfect opponent and it's so beautifully executed. It's because it's somebody. It's somebody who's on Wall Street, who's doing something shady, yeah. who they can go after, yeah. who's accessible, who's there in a way that they can attack and, and they can get something out of it and maybe even win. That's this is the, the point. revolution, and it's just a revolution. I mean, on yeah. this podcast, we've been trying hard to give you guys the information to create a revolution of investing knowledge, which allows the little guy to go out and outperform these guys on Wall Street. And our hope was that enough people would do it that you would have this that these companies that are shady, that are screwing their employees and screwing up the environment and don't deserve to be functioning, you know, in, in your opinion, as a value person, a person that can put their money where their mouth is, you know, that would change the world. If you guys bet, you know, put, not bet, but invested your own money, that would change the world if you did that. And Instead is that letting happening, these fund Dad? Managers do it. It's happening. Yeah. More and more and more and more people are doing this. And these guys are another element of that revolution where they're saying, we don't care if we die. We are going after these guys and it's going to yeah. be fun. Some of us are going to do great and some of us aren't. Okay, fine. But we are going to attack. We're no longer going to be this compliant, you know, sort of victim of of institutional investors. We're just not going to exactly. do it anymore. That, it, that's exactly right. We're not going to be the victim of institutional investors anymore. That's the feeling. That's right. And that's, I'm, I'm on and that And I, I think it's a boat. genuine outcome. I don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a lot of possible outcomes. I think one really possible outcome is that they do not sell and the price stays somewhere around Boom. 100, 200, something like that because Could some happen. of them, like a couple of them will sell, but most of them won't I, and they just hold it. I really think that is a non-zero outcome to this whole thing. I well, will be I, super intrigued to watch it. it. If they do... If they do that, then they start to become like us. Then they start to become somebody that wants to make sure that company's going to be around in 10 years if you're going to sit on it, right? Yeah. So I've, I've noticed that the trading is going into uh, today. The big news is silver is jumping 10% uh, before trading opened. Now, that's something you could sit in a long time at a higher price, and you'll be right eventually. That's one of those things you might not make a lot of money down the road 15 years from now, but chances are the way they're printing money on that. You're going to be right. I mean, the dollar is being devalued has been for the last, you know, ever since 1935 and every bit of devaluation is going to be reflected in uh, precious metals like silver and gold and silver is, you know, relatively speaking, the value of the two. It hasn't risen as much as gold has. I think that's one of those ones where you can drive that thing and then comfortably sit in it for a long time. Other companies might be uh, BlackBerry might be another one. I mean, this is Prim Watts's baby. He bought this thing when it was just three bucks or something. 
And it's been sitting on it for years and they have some value in it. And that stock could really reflect that someday. I actually kind of like Blackberry. <laughs> yeah. So um, I did a bunch of research on it about a year ago. Um, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, not impossible for these guys not, to do this. It's not ridiculous. And I mean, some of the posts are hilarious about GameStop. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to start buying everything from GameStop. And <laughs> I, like, it's just, it's the way like we talk about companies where you become an owner and you start to love the company. Exactly. It's, this is that, it's like a relationship. Grill. It's an absolute I'm like emotional connection. Right? So it's one a, yeah. one amazing idea that I read was because Elon Musk has been tweeting about this uh, GameStop stock and Elon like is so against the short sellers because they've been after Tesla like crazy. Right. So one, one person was like, oh, Elon hopefully is backing us up like crazy and is maybe even buying some of this stock in secret. Who knows? Because they it's obviously a lot more money coming in than just a whole bunch of people, right? There's definitely some institutions also making a lot of money off of this or giant rich people like Elon Musk. So maybe Elon Musk buys 40% of the stock of GameStop, takes gets on the board, takes it over, turns all the GameStops into Tesla dealerships, and you can play your games in the GameStop while you charge your Tesla car. It's perfect. A By symbiotic way, relationship. This is exactly why... I don't do a lot. I don't short unless I'm really sure about it because I, I'll give you an example. David Einhorn is one of the best investors out there. He does a hedge fund long and short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he shorted uh, Green Mountain Coffee Roasters because of his apparent dis- – a discovery of apparent fraud in their accounting. <clears throat> and the stock went from 100 to 25. All right. And then Coca-Cola came in and made a deal with them <laughs> straight back to a hundred. So there's always this possibility that you're sitting in GameStop at a hundred and some big, huge thing like Elon Musk or somebody else comes in and buys it and pays 120 and yeah. takes it over for all yeah. sorts of reasons. That can happen with BlackBerry. It's really it unpredictable. Happen. So they're not... St- it's not And crazy. I mean, I'm glad you said that because I also want to make the point that short sellers, I actually think, do a really good service to the market. People who are looking for fraud, looking for really bad management. I do think that yeah. there's a real important role in having people who are looking for the negative stuff. They just shouldn't be doing really shady financial machinations like right. being able to short more than, than exists, right. which is insane. And at and so, the end of the day, what we're basically saying is leave the market free. Yeah. Leave the market and like, free. And slash, I mean, I would advocate actually for fewer derivatives. I think this is nuts. Well. But that's another conversation. That's not a bad thought, actually. Is. I mean, honestly, my one of my takeaways has been like, maybe just nobody should be allowed to do any of this stuff. Like, yeah, let's just not have options. Let's not have short selling beyond like the tiniest bit let's not have any synthetic leverage let's just not allow any of it you can buy a stock and you can hold it those are your options or you can sell it all of these things have not existed that long short selling was outlawed not that long ago well i mean it just creates so many problems you know and i i get that it would destroy the financial industry okay 
I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, options, call options, are only they've only existed in my lifetime, right? I mean, it used to be warrants, and then they became call options. Put options have really only existed for, you know, a couple, you know, I don't know, two, three decades. I mean, all of this is relatively new, and I didn't can, know it was only two or three decades. Yeah, wow. puts you didn't weren't weren't able to do that. Huh. So. Um, this is all pretty new. I mean, the CME, Chicago Board of Exchange, which handles a lot of this stuff, is relatively new, and it's its own public stock. You can buy into that. So I don't, I don't disagree uh, with you. I don't think they should be able I to. I think short... I should be the chairman of the SEC because I would change a heck of a lot of things. I think, man, it, it would be so cool if you would change things so that the little guy wasn't disadvantaged. That's the main thing. And right? so that these institutions can't bring down the whole system. And they by can't being bring down the idiotic, whole greedy. Yeah just focused on themselves yep people like that's the problem They're so just... here's what I'd like to do wrapping this up today is just urge everyone to write their congressman write the administrator of their state and say to leave this alone let the little guys do what they do and get keep the regulators from regulating them and if you guys all do that they will back off. If you don't do that, then they will look at it the way I told you earlier in this podcast. They will look at it from the point of view of administrators of funds, of public funds, of people having to write reports and explain why they own this stock. And they will regulate this. I, I, I can promise you they will. So fight it. If you agree that this market should be fair, that is, you know, if you buy something and it goes up, they don't cut you off from yeah. being able to trade that stock and just because it went up a lot. So yeah. jump in there Let's and be part of this conversation, you guys. You can make a difference. There's a lot more shady stuff we haven't had time to get into, but maybe next week we can talk about it. Yeah. When when maybe we will talk about the Lee Lu speech. Maybe. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it seems so <laughs> archaic now when you can make a billion dollars in five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about it. All right, time to go. All right, thanks, everybody. See you guys. Bye. Time to go play. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.